0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hey, if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2. We're going to continue this series about the Holy Spirit in you. Yes, I still have more to say about the Holy Spirit. And uh, I think this might be the last message of this series, but we're going to end it uh, today, I believe. And uh, I want to talk today about unity in the spirit, unity in the spirit. So we're going to start in Acts chapter two. Now I'm going to read a very long passage. So in case you haven't read your Bible this week, you will get it all in right now. So Acts two. In chapter 1, we're going to go to verse 18. So chapter 1, or chapter 2, I'm sorry, verse 1 all the way to 18. On the day of Pentecost, when all the believers were meeting together in one place, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, notice that, was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. But notice what happened. We always stop at verse 4. This is what happened the rest of the passage. Verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Verse six, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear, notice their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They explained these people all are from Galilee. So so these people there were all native to Galilee, but yet they heard them speaking in languages from all over the known world. Notice this, they were completely amazed, how can this be, and yet we hear them speaking, it's all right, verse 8, I'll take verse 8, yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages, verse 9, here we are, now this is a fun list of names, if you're looking for cool names, from all over the known world, Now, now we don't even have some of these places anymore because the names have changed in 2,000 years, but the Parthenons, the Medes, the Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Caposi, Kap- uh Pontus, the province of Asia, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was I was just going back and forth about baby names for, you know, 2023. <laughs> Pamphylia, Egypt, the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. And they stood there amazed and perplexed and said, what can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. Notice what happens. And Peter stood up, and it says he stepped forward with the eleven and the other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and the residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's nine o'clock in the morning, and it's much too early for that. No, what you were seeing was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And this is what the prophet Joel says. And this is what was happening on the day of Pentecost. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In verse 18. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Well, you just got 18 verses in you today. So this is what I want you to know this morning. We're going to talk today about unity in the spirit, unity in the spirit. Now, a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, especially about the day of Pentecost, we just emphasize the speaking in tongues part, which is very important. We believe praying in tongues is for everybody. It is, it is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to all of us. But we don't read the rest of the passage. And that's so important. We need to read the whole passage because there's so much in this story that a lot of times we miss. But today I want to talk about the unity that the Spirit of God brings into the church. And today I want to focus on what type of church we're called to be and really what church that all churches should be. And that is a church that is diverse but yet united in their purpose and their mission that God has for them. But it's something that the Spirit of God has to do. And it was a major emphasis in the early church, and it should be today in 2022, the emphasis should be unity in the spirit. Now, I've never seen such a divided church in my life about every issue, about race, about COVID, about uh, Trump and Biden, you name it, we have a church that is not unified. And guess what? If we're not unified, we have no power anymore to do anything that God has called us to do. Because there's division and there's strife. There's every evil work. And there's a spirit there, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And we as the body of Christ need to be united in the spirit to do what God has called us to do. And yes, this is for this church, but every church around the globe should be like this. If the Holy Spirit is really moving there. Now, if he's not moving there, guess what? You're never going to be united. But if the Spirit of God is moving, he can bring people from every walk of life together and unite them in what God's plan is for their life. Now, one of the major things that was different and unique about the church, in the early church, the first 30 years of the church in the book of Acts, And even into the hundreds and two hundreds and three hundreds of church history, they said this about the church, which was different than every other community in the Roman world was the church had people from every walk of life together, living in unity, one big family. There was diversity, but yet unity. Now, how did that happen? The Holy Spirit got poured out. And when the Spirit got poured out, they brought everyone together. There was a supernatural bonding. There was a supernatural love. There was a supernatural unity that happened when the Holy Spirit got poured out. And we as a church today, if we say the Holy Spirit's moving in our church, then there should be some unity. But how many know if everyone's the same, it's not a big deal if you're unified? (laughs) If everyone's the same color, if everyone comes from the same culture, if everyone's from the same neighborhood, if everyone thinks the same and votes the same, what's the big deal if you agree? But God wants to do something deeper than that. He wants to unify us beyond any of those categories that put people in to separate us. But the Holy Spirit is the one who does that. Amen. Now, it's, it's funny to me because diversity is a buzzword today in 2022. Um, and there's people that work at companies to make sure they're diverse now. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But God was into diversity before diversity was even a word. <laughs> before America was even a, in existence. God was into diversity. He's created his whole creation diverse. We're not the same. God has created us all different. And he's created us uniquely. in not just the um, human population. But even in the animal kingdom. In the plant kingdom. The level of diversity is crazy. Of all the things that God has created. But yet they're unified. Are you with me so far? Now. I know you're thinking about a hot dog, but stay with me for about 40 more minutes here. One of the major reasons that the early church was growing rapidly and then it completely flipped the Roman Empire on its back after a few hundred years because the Christians outnumbered the Romans And this community that started with 120 people in an upper room became the majority in the Roman Empire was because they lived this way. That everyone was welcome. That everyone was invited. That God wanted everyone to be a part, no matter whether you were male or female, whether you were this race or that race, whether you were rich or poor, whether you were educated or uneducated. The Bible says whether you were slave or free, whatever you were, you were a part of God's kingdom. And you were needed in God's kingdom. And the church needed you. And this community lived this way. And guess what? the communities around them saw the church living this way in love with each other, reconciled to each other because they'd been reconciled to God. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. They'd been healed of those past wounds and hurt and God brought them together. And when people saw that community, they wanted to be a part of what God was doing. But guess what? A law couldn't change people's hearts. Still can't. Politicians can't change people's hearts. This unity and this kind of love only comes from the Holy Spirit being poured out. And so if we say that we're a spirit-filled church and we believe in the Holy Spirit, which every church should believe this because that's what the early church believed. We should see unity, but diversity this supernatural unity in the spirit. Do you realize there was major walls of separation in that day in every part of society and culture? And when the Holy Spirit came in there, when the love of God got poured out in their heart, prejudice had to leave. Hate had to leave. Separation had to leave when the spirit of God got moving in their midst. And they had it even more than we have it today, the separation between rich and poor, male and female, educated and uneducated, religious and non religious, racially diverse, because there was people in Jerusalem at that time, the day of Pentecost, that were from Europe, that were from Africa, that were from the Middle East, that were from Asia, all in Jerusalem on the day of the early church. Now look what this says in Galatians 3, 26 through 28 in the New Living. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, Male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Being in Christ erases all those separations that people try to put people in. All those categories and subgroups that our society still does. Puts people in these groups to separate us. When God says, when you're in Christ, all those things don't matter anymore in Revelation 7 and 9, you can just write this down. It says that in heaven, at the end of time, it says that there will be every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every language, every people group there. Now, how can Galatians 3 and Revelation 7 happened? There had to be an Acts 2 that happened. That the Holy Spirit got poured out and he broke down every wall of separation between people so that we could be united in the spirit are you with me this morning but god loves diversity look at the world he created now i've told you this before but part of my devotional life on saturday nights is watching david atterbury nature documentaries it's peaceful So I'll study a little bit, and then I'll put on Planet Earth or Frozen Planet or, you know, different ones. And he narrates it, and his voice is amazing. Like, I feel like the Holy Spirit speaks like David Attenberry speaks in those nature documentaries. It just feels right. And the footage they get is crazy, but they go to some places, and you're like, God, how and why did you create this animal? Because no one's ever even seen this animal. And they'll they'll go to some obscure place in the world, like some place in the jungle in South America. And they'll find this certain beetle that you've never seen before that can do all these amazing things. And no one's ever seen it but God. And then they'll just, just flippantly throw this in there like, you see this beetle right here? There's a hundred different types of beetles that are just like this, but they're all uniquely different. And you're like, oh, I thought they were just one. And there's a hundred different types of this same beetle that no one even seen other than the camera crew. God is into diversity. Or I've seen him go somewhere different deep into Asia in the jungles or up on a mountain and they'll find this bird that has the most unique colors that that looks wild and is amazing looking. And they're like, you see this bird? And I'm thinking there only has to be one of them probably in the world. And they're like, there's 300 other types of birds that are just like this and no one's ever seen them other than these cameramen. Some of y'all that live in the Midwest need to get your eyes a little bigger on this world. You're like, I just know a robin and a cardinal. <laughs> Listen, there's birds in other countries that no one has seen other than a nature cameraman that God has created. And there's hundreds of other different types of that bird because God is into diversity. Sometimes they'll find plants certain places and they are like, you, you think this plant is cool? There's a thousand other different types of this same plant in this certain part of this world on this certain mountain that no one's even been to other than these people. Just because God's into diversity. Look at the attention to detail that God has put in the animal kingdom, in the plant kingdom, In the mountains, in the trees, and the rivers. But guess what? Human beings are the crown of his creation. And if there's diversity there, there's diversity in us. And God created it that way because he wanted us all to be different. And different is not bad and different is not wrong. Different is good because all of our differences when we come together, we complete each other. Come on now, somebody. The more you say amen, the closer we get to mac and cheese. God gave us differences on purpose because all the people just in this room and think about all the kids in the classrooms and there's people out setting up stuff right now. All of them are different. All of them have different backgrounds. They think differently. They have different gifts. They look differently, and that's good because God knew we needed each other. But here's the thing. We're different, but we need to be united. And It only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit that God could bring people from every walk of life together and unite them in the Spirit. Our differences are good. Now, I don't need to preach on this too long because I get too many amens, but how many know a male brain <laughs> is different than a female brain? Yes. I think you need to say it a bit louder. Amen. And those differences, frustrating, are yet good for us, right? right, right yeah. Because men don't always see the full picture. Right. We see about 10%. But women don't see the full picture, even though they usually see the 90%. And you need each other. That's why God puts couples together, because you need each other. You're different, and you annoy each other because you are different. But you need each other because one sees something that the other person doesn't see. One person's strong here, and the other person's strong here. And when you come together united, you can do what God has called you to do. But it's the same way in the local church. God brings people that think differently, look differently, act differently together, and the Holy Spirit has to unite us all together because the Spirit of God's the only one that can do that. Yes. Yes. And now those differences don't don't annoy us. We're actually thankful for them because you realize that person's going to help you, and it's okay that they're different. And God unites us together. But there's people even in this place. You know, racially different, culturally different. But that's good because you all come from a different place. You see things a little bit differently and you help somebody else. Just like in life group, I love it when there's a diverse life group because someone can say, well, I see the scripture this way and I see it this way or my life experience is this. And if you just hung out with people just like you, you would never see that. You would never grow. You would never change. You'd be so stuck in the way you think, which is wrong. You need other people in your life to help you because they're different. Now, so we're going to talk about some of those things this morning because we need to be united in the Spirit. If we're going to say we're a Pentecostal, charismatic, tongue-talking, devil-casting-out in church that believes in the Holy Spirit, then unity should be the major theme of this church. And every church that says they believe in the Holy Spirit should be united. So God's into diversity, but unity in diversity, because we all need each other. Now, before we go back to Acts 2, because that's what we're going to hang out today, and I want to talk about three really areas in every church that there should be differences in, and that God wants us to come united together I want to say this about race for a second. For the sake of, because I'm going to use that word, I don't even like using that word, but for the sake of me teaching it, I want to make this very clear. There is no such thing as different races. Y'all go play with me like that today? (laughs) Hear me today. There's no such thing as different races. Okay, I'll say. There's no such thing as different races. I, I I I no see, look, you didn't even let me finish what I'm gonna say. You're just like, uh, I don't know. I get it. I know you gotta you got you gotta write on the paper, you know, Caucasian. Latin American, African American, Hawaiian, that's Pacific, that's what I sign, whatever. You know, there's all the different things you got to sign because why? People want to put you in categories and groups to separate you. But here's the fact, there's only one race, the human race. Hear me today. I know there is races because people in the government has to separate people, but that's not even necessarily biblical. That's just what they've did for tax laws and other reasons to separate us from each other. But there's only one race this morning. It's the human race. The only variation is this. We're all different shades of the same color. But we're all the same human race. We're all human beings. If you cut us, we all bleed the same blood. We have the same organs in the same brain. We're all from the same Race, the human race that God created, we are all created in the image and likeness of God. The only differences were different shades of color, which can be changed, as you know. You know, in some parts of the world, like America, white people, what do we do? We sit out in the sun all summer long with tanning lotion on to appear darker. But you know there's there's Asian countries that actually they dye themselves so they're super white. So even the outside color of your skin can be adjusted. But under all that skin, which is not much, it's like that much. There's a human. So I, I just wanted to clear that clarify that and everybody's thinking we're all from the human race. We're, we're not different races. We are different colors. But we're one race. And we're all in this together. Okay. Wow. I thought I would get a little more amens on that point. Maybe this is the reason I'm preaching on it today. Acts 2 verse 1. Let's read it here. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Verse 5, at the time there were devout Jews from every nation. Living in Jerusalem. Verse 6. We're going to stop here. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Their own languages. Now, this is... What the, I believe, I think it's the New King James says it like this that everyone heard the word in their own language. This was something supernatural that happened, but notice once the Holy Spirit got involved in the church, even though there was a very diverse group of people in Jerusalem at that time which was significant because God knew what he was doing on the day of Pentecost that there happened to be, just happened to be, people from every part of the known world in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Now, why was that? Because he wanted the gospel to go to the whole world. He wanted the Holy Spirit to go into all the world. And he had to have them all in the right place at the right time. So I'm not going to read those names again because that was too much. (laughs) But this is what what, what it was. In Jerusalem at that time, there was people, yes, from Israel and the Middle East, but there was people from Africa, there was people from Asia, there was people from Europe all in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, and they all spoke different languages. But it says when the uh, early believers, there was 120 of them, came out of the upper room, they were praying in tongues. They were praying in a language that they did not understand, but the people around them heard the word in their own language. Because when the Spirit of God is moving, He brings unity, not division. Hear me this morning. If you listen to preachers on Fox News, TBN, I don't care who else it is, CNN, and they bring division, they are not being led by the Holy Ghost. They're not. Because if the Holy Spirit's moving, He's going to bring unity, not division. He's not going to be trying to separate people into groups of you're this color and you're that color or you're Republican or you're Democrat or you're this type of person and, you're that type of person. No, when the Spirit of God is moving, everyone is unified if he's really speaking. But I love it. It says that everyone heard the word in their own language. All different languages, European languages, Asian languages, African languages, and they all heard the word in their own language. Now, this wasn't because they all knew how to speak that language. It was because the Spirit gave them words, and they heard it in their own language. I, I've seen some commentaries say this because there was 120 in the upper room that there there really could have been 120 different languages being spoken because there was 120 in the upper room that came out speaking in other tongues. Could have been that many different types of languages. But they all heard the word in their own language. Now I'm preaching today. Now listen, there's something that happens when the Holy Spirit moves in a church, in a community, just like on Sunday mornings, that I could preach one thing And every one of you hears something different and what you need to hear, not because of what I said, but when I speak, the Spirit of God speaks it to you in your own language. Because I can't do that because I don't know every need you have. I don't know what's been bugging you this past week. I don't know all your history, but the Spirit of God does. And when I preach on Sundays, if the Spirit's moving, He can say it in your own language. Because I've heard people come up afterwards and say, that was a good message, Pastor. You preached about this, this, and this. And I was thinking, no, I didn't. I don't correct them, but I was thinking, no, I didn't. But what, what's legitimately happening? When I'm talking about something, the Spirit of God's talking to them about something else when I'm up here. Now, that's a good message, not when you hear from me, but when you hear from the Holy Ghost talking through me during the message. No, I'm not going easy on you just because it's a cookout today. We're going somewhere today. We're going to come out of this service so unified today on what God has called us to do as a church because unity happens in the Spirit. Everyone heard the Word in their own language. What were they hearing? They were hearing the message about Jesus, the gospel, in their own language. How many of you know, even on Sundays... You can hear somebody speak. But just because somebody's speaking English doesn't mean they're speaking your language. You ever heard preachers like that? You're like, I know they're speaking English, but they ain't talking my language because I don't get anything they're saying. You know what they need? They need some Holy Ghost words coming out of their mouth because when the Spirit's moving, when you hear it, You hear it in your own language. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He knows how to talk to you, speak to you, that you really get it. That you hear it in your own language. The way that you would receive it when the Spirit's moving. You realize there's a reason that God did this on that day in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Because he wanted to say, the gospel is for everyone. This church is not just for Jewish people. And it's not just for Middle Eastern people. This church is not just for white Americans. This church is not just for Asians. This church is not just for Africans. The church of Jesus Christ is for the world. That's why it happened on that day in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. To say the gospel is is for everyone the church is for everyone and the gospel breaks down every wall of separation that people has tried to put up against us but it can only be overcome by the power of the spirits working in your heart and your life The Spirit of God is the only one that can change those attitudes and those judgments and those prejudice and that hate in your heart and those judgments you have towards other people that are different than you. The only person that can do that is the Holy Spirit. But when he's moving, there's unity in diversity. It's for everyone. That's what the day of Pentecost means. The spirit of God's for everybody. The church is for everybody. The gospel is for everyone. And everyone has a part to play in building God's kingdom on the earth. Are you with me today? But something that's interesting about this is um, this thing that happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 is actually a reversal of the judgment at the Tower of Babel. Let me read this to you real quick. And I read this in a commentary this past week. Now, before I read this to you, I just want to tell you real quick. In in Genesis 11, some of you know the story of the Tower of Babel. And that was when all these people gathered together. Out of pride. Not out of their love of God. And they said, we don't need God. We'll do it ourselves. We're going to build this tower. We're going to build this city. And it's going to be for us. And they all spoke the same language. And God said, nothing will stop them because they're unified. Because they all spoke the same language. And then... God came down and he said he had to confuse their language because they could not be stopped because they all spoke the same language and they were unified. Then that's how we got all the diverse languages because God confused their languages. That's why still today when you say somebody's babbling, it means they're talking nonsense. They're, they're, they're confused. Tower of Babel. But at the day of Pentecost, that was reversed. Everyone was speaking different languages And when God's spirit got to moving, everyone heard the word in the same language and they were unified. Hear me. It says God's judgment at Babel scattered the people, but God's blessing at Pentecost united the believers in the spirit. At Babel, the people were unable to understand each other, but at Pentecost, men heard God's word, understood it and understood what was said. The Tower of Babel was a scheme designed to praise men, but Pentecost brought praise to God. The building of Babel was an act of rebellion, but Pentecost was a ministry of submission to God. So think about that. When the Spirit got poured out, All these different languages that they were all confused on what was going on. They all heard the word in their own language. And it brought unity. Brought unity. Because that's what the spirit of God does. It brings unity. Hear me this morning. Talking about race. Different cultures. That's the type of church we're going to be That's the type of church we are, but that's the type of church we're going to be. That churches should look like heaven, which is every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Dinner tables should look like heaven. Our lives should look like heaven. One of the saddest things is they still say today, the most segregated time in the week is Sunday morning. It should not be that way. The church should be as diverse as the human race is diverse. That's what the church should look like. Hear me this morning. I don't want a white church. Come on, get your mind off the mac and cheese. We're going to eat it in a second. I said I don't want a white church. We a black church. Look at the color. On the outside of the building. I don't want a white church, but I don't want a black church. I really do, but I got to say it first (laughs) to equally be fair to both sides. I don't want just an Asian church church, or an African church, or a Native American church, or a Latin church. I want a church that has everyone in it, because it looks like heaven. And when the Spirit of God is moving, you won't just have a white church, or a black church, or a Latin church. When the Spirit of God is moving, you will have diversity, and it will be unified. If he's moving. Dare I say churches that are just all white or all black or all Latin, maybe the spirit of God's not moving there. Or maybe they're so in their comfort zone they can't get out of it. But I want to be a part of a church that looks like heaven. Because that's what the early church looked like. Every nation, tribe, tongue from all over the world was a part of the first day of the early church. You know, those 3,000 believers that got saved on the first day of the church were from all those different places. And it said immediately what they do, they started doing life together. They didn't say, oh, you're white or you're black or you're this or you're that. I can't hang out with you. They immediately started doing life as a family because the Holy Spirit unified them. I'm helping you today if you're listening. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is this. Here's another area where sometimes churches and believers, we try to separate this. And that's on gender. Let's look at Acts 2. Now, this is all coming out of the same passage on the first day of the church. And we've already talked about race and cultures being different in the church. But in that same passage, it talks about God's going to use not just men, but men and women. Women, you better help me on this part. Acts 2 and verse 14. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 and other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. That was, by the way, that's probably Peter referring to his old life. He's like, oh, it's it's too early for that. And I know, because I used to be a fisherman. (laughs) I used to drink at that time in the morning. But that's his old life. It's old life. He's new. But what does he say? No, what you're seeing was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. How many? All All people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Here's the next thing I want to talk about. When the spirit of God is moving, he unifies us in diversity. Not only does he bring different races and cultures together and makes them one, but he brings male and female together to be used for God's purposes. Listen to me this morning. God wants to use men and women in what he's doing on the earth. Hear me today. He doesn't check your gender before he gives you a gift. If if we live like that, we will miss 50% of what God is doing. And there's a lot of churches, even in this community, that say women can't preach. Women can't sing on the platform. Women can't do this. Women can't do that. No, it's you won't let them, but they can. Because God has given them gifts just like he's given men gifts. That's the first day of the church. He said, no, this is what the prophet Joel said. When the spirit of God gets poured out, men and women will prophesy. God's going to use men and women that are his servants. And they will do great things for God. Not just men. Now, hear me, because I'm going to talk about women for a second. Come on now, ladies. Where you at? I don't need to talk about men because you already, already get to do whatever you want to do. So just suck it up and listen to me for a second. This is not a new thing. All of human history, women have not been able to do things that men could do. Not because they can't, because people won't let them. All right. I just want the pasta salad, Pastor. Come on, let's get through this. But I want to I recognize this today that we need to know that God wants to use men and women united in what God has called them to do. It says that men and women will prophesy. Men and women will be used. Realize that it's like that today that people that are women are still held back. But how much more 2,000 years ago? So this was shocking to even mention this. But this is what I want you to know. When Jesus came on the scene, which he is God in the flesh, he empowered women. He had women that were disciples. Jesus had wealthy women that funded his ministry. Never mentions wealthy men that funded his ministry. Women were the first ones that saw the resurrected Christ. The first ones that preached the gospel were women, not a man. Where you at, ladies? God wants to use men and women. And I'm saying if we keep these prejudices and attitudes and even religion that says women can't do these things in church, we'll miss 50% of what God wants to do. Because it says when the spirit of God's poured out, he's going to use men and women, sons and daughters to prophesy in the new testament women gave their houses to have house churches that means that they were leaders in the church in the new testament there were women that were apostles there were women that were prophets there were women that were church leaders that paul mentions in his letters to acknowledge them because they were such a leader and a refreshing to the church God wants to use women. But this only happens through unity in the spirit. When the spirit of God is moving, not only does it break down racial or cultural barriers and makes us one, but it breaks down male and female and makes us one, knowing that God wants to use us both. And we need them both in the church, in leadership to receive everything that God has for us. When the Spirit of God gets poured out, it says that men and women will prophesy. I was thinking about this. So many great women preachers, if we really believe this, we would be missing out. Women like Joyce Meyer or Christine Kane. Thinking about Pastor Nancy, who's one of the best in the world. She's going to be in our church in September, by the way. If we believe this old religious male chauvinist mindset that says women can't tell me nothing, we're missing what women of God like that could give to our lives. God wants to use men and women, but it only happens through. The Spirit. The Spirit of God is the one who removes those barriers and those prejudices and those attitudes in our heart. My own mother was a woman. And she was used by God. She had many, many prophetic words over people in this church. And in other churches, what if they said, well, we don't believe in women. They would have missed out on what she was saying. My mom gave many words of exhortation and encouragement from this pulpit that changed the direction of some of you guys in here, your lives. But what if you said, I don't believe in women being used by God? Hey, I honor women. Got a great mom, grandma, married to a woman. Have a sister, and I have a daughter. I'm for women. <laughs> I'm on team women here, but so is God. God wants to use men and women, but how's it happen through the power of the Spirit? All right, we're gonna wrap up because I don't know how much more you can handle. Talking about unity in the spirit, unity and diversity. God does this by his spirit. This is what was happening on the day of the church, the early church, day of Pentecost. So we see here, and this is the kind of church we're going to be. He, the first thing he does, he breaks down the cultural and racial barriers in the church. That's what kind of church we're going to be. Then the next thing he does, he breaks down the barriers of male and female. That you can't do this or you got to do this. No, God wants to use men and women. That's the kind of church we're going to be. But notice what it says in Acts, I think it's 2.17. There's another part I want to add to this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Notice this, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Here's another area that sometimes people put up separation, have prejudice. Age. It says when God's spirit's moving, it's not going to just be the young people. But it's not just going to be the old people. God, if he's really moving by his spirit, then the young and the old are going to be used. The young and the old are going to be in revival. The young and old are going to be a part of the move of God. And that's the kind of church that the early church was, and that's the kind of church that we're going to be. That's a sign of a healthy church. Listen to me. If you go to a church where there's just young people, it's not a healthy church. But if you go to a church that is just old people, it's not a healthy church. Why? Because the church should look like a family. There should be young people. There should be young couples. There should be babies. There should be teenagers. There should be middle-aged. There should be elderly. There should be super elderly because they've lived a long life serving God, and God has given them a long life. The church should look like a family. God wants to use the old and the young when His Spirit is moving. Hear me, church family. God wants to use the old and the young, but listen, we can't have prejudice towards people that are a different age than us. And that goes both ways. Because I know a lot of young people act like, old people can't tell me anything. They ain't cool. They were cool before they had you, buddy. So I tell Natalie all the time. What What you mean? You don't want dad to come to this. I was cool before you were born. And I still am. Just not to you and your friends, but it's okay. I'm getting over that. God's mending my heart by the power of the spirit. (laughs) But then we got older people that no young person could tell me anything. And if they bring up a new idea, oh, that doesn't work or we can't do that. No. No goes both ways. God says when he's pouring out his spirit, it's going to be multiracial, multicultural. It's going to be the men and the women, but it's going to be the young and the old. But how are all those groups of people able to be with each other and be in revival and do what God has called them to do? They're united in the spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? They're united in the spirit. The spirit of God can do something in us that breaks down all those barriers and all those attitudes and prejudice and we can receive from each other. I'm preaching my heart out on this cookout Sunday. It's the young and the old. That's a healthy church. 1 Timothy 5.2 says, That you need to treat the older women like mothers, and the older men like fathers, the younger men like brothers, and the younger ones like sisters. Why? Because it's a family. The church should look like a family. There should be brothers and sisters, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. That's what the church should look like. Because that's a healthy church and not just one part of that group being used by God but all of us working together to fulfill the plan of God all of us giving financially all of us in on a helps team serving all of us being a part of what God is doing the young and the old the passion of the young the strength of the middle age and the wisdom of the old That's the way that God wants to do it. But it only happens when the Spirit of God is moving in a church. In a minute, I want to put up a picture here, but I want to explain it. There was a very famous revival called the Azusa Street Revival that happened from 1906 to about 1915. This revival was started by an African-American man who was named William J. Seymour. He was a man who had experienced this baptism of the Holy Spirit in speaking in other tongues. He had experienced the infilling of the Spirit and he started seeing healings and miracles and people filled with the Spirit just like the day of Pentecost in the early 1900s. And he started the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California. It lasted for 10 years, but that Azusa Street Revival was not just a local revival, it went worldwide. And do you realize since 1906, the Pentecostal, Spirit-filled movement and the renewal of the Spirit has went worldwide. They say since then... Pentecostals and Charismatics are the number one denomination and growing movement of Christians on the planet. And that group of people at Azusa Street turned into, there's almost 700 million worldwide Christians that believe in the Pentecostal Charismatic experience. 700 million. But it started in a little storefront church at azusa street by william j seymour there's a reason i said that because when the spirit of god's really moving there's going to be diversity but there's going to be unity think about this this picture was taken in the early 1900s but look at this picture can we put it up now i don't know if you see the significance of this picture But in this picture in the early 1900s, I see all three of those things happening. Because when the Spirit's really moving, the Spirit of God breaks down racial barriers, gender barriers, age barriers. Now right there in the front with the beard is William J. Seymour. But look at this picture. There's old and there's young. There's men and there's women. And there's white and there's black all in this picture. Now, in the early 1900s, this was unheard of. These people could have got arrested just for taking this picture. But notice what happens when the Spirit of God gets to moving. Breaks breaks down racial barriers, gender barriers, and age barriers. And this was the group that started the Azusa Street Revival. That all these years later, there's over 700 million Pentecostals Worldwide. I'm telling you this morning, I know I'm not supposed to say it like this, but I'm proud to be a Pentecostal. I'm proud to be charismatic. You know why? Because Pentecostal churches were the first churches to not be segregated. Pentecostal, not the Baptists, not the Methodists. Pentecostals. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit's really moving, He breaks down those barriers. Pentecostal churches were the first ones to have white and black together. Pentecostal churches were the first ones to have the, un, the old and the young. Pentecostal churches were the first ones to have men and women preaching together. Pentecostals like us. So I'm telling you this morning, I'm proud to be Pentecostal. I'm not ashamed of my heritage. This is not some backside of the tracks message for the people that got emotional problems. They just got to be Pentecostal. No, Pentecostal is when the Spirit of God is moving like the day of Pentecost. And when he moves, he breaks down barriers and he unites us together in what God has called us to do. Did you guys get anything this morning? Unity in the Spirit. And I got one last verse for you and we'll close with this. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Therefore I... Paul speaking, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Now, Paul's literally in jail, like writing this. Yeah. He says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Yeah. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's talking to a church because he wants them to be united. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is how we're going to do it. We're humble with each other. We're gentle. We're patient. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Making every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Because the unity comes from the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit. Just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Did you guys get anything this morning? Well, let's stand up together. I preach myself happy. I might even eat two burgers for this today. Let's raise our hands and let's pray. Father, we love you today. We make a commitment right now as a church family. We're going to be more united than ever before. We pray right now that the Spirit of God, that you would move in this church like never before. That, Father, that you would move by your Spirit in our hearts... Help us to get rid of any prejudice, any hate, any separation, any walls we put up towards different people of different races or or different genders or different backgrounds or cultures. We pray, Father God, that you would remove those from our hearts and only you can do it by your Spirit. I pray for this church right now that we're going to step into a greater sense of unity, a greater sense of being in one accord with each other than we ever have before. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would give us a united front on what you want us to do. That we would come to you together to do God's will for this church. That we would be the region-changing church we're called to be. And we can only do that when we're united together. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this church like never before. and Father, that you would use men and women... We pray, Father God, that you would use young and old that we would receive from them, that you would raise up different leaders of different races and different cultures and different backgrounds to lead this church in the future. And we thank you, Father God. We are going to be one of those churches just like the early church on the day of Pentecost that you move in our midst and that we're unified by your spirit. We thank you for it today. We thank you for each other. We love you today. We thank you for this awesome day of fellowship we're going to have at the cookout. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.